0: Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard weekly message podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's word and seek his direction in our lives. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. Okay, perfect. Hey, uh, uh, one of the most exciting things that we get to do on a on a regular basis is gonna take place right here. I wanna bring up on stage here Miss um, Katie Miltonberger. Here we go for Katie. Yay! So, as I get this thing all out. Um, Katie happens to be one of our um, uh, one of our co-directors here, our outreach coordinators, and um, if you guys know us or not, I'll give you a little bit of background here on what we do at, at Cornerstone, is that for, for all the, the giving that, that takes place within uh, our body here, we take 10% of that and send it back out into the community. We, we literally tithe off our tithe. And it's a, it's a, from my experience, right? It's a pretty uncommon thing for churches to do. And it is a blast. And uh, God's used Katie in some remarkable ways to, to make those connections and, and play those out. And we get to celebrate them this morning to walk through what the last couple months have looked like for us. So, Katie, why don't you start us off with one of them here?
1: Okay, so as Stephanie just shared with us, uh, when you fill out a Connect card, um, we donate $5 to a local nonprofit, and uh, in the past two months, we've sent $40 to Church Community Services and another donation of $25 to Child and Parent Services.
0: That's awesome. Two, two different groups that we get to partner with. Again, that's uh, the, the value of filling those connect cards out. You get to show us who you are and we get to support and, and love on other area places. Um, we donated $500 for Christmas dinner at Hope Ministries and uh, $500 at Faith Mission. And in the process, got a chance to feed 225 people there at Hope Ministries and 255 people at Faith Mission. So just just, just hear this clearly. As a result of your giving, During the Christmas season, we were able to feed 480 people during that time. That's amazing. Nice job, Cornerstone.
1: And we like to support our local pantries. And uh, so we sent $500 to the storehouse and $250 to uh, Shepherd's Heart Paper Pantry and another $250 to the Osceola Food Pantry.
0: Good. So don't miss that, right? Uh, we we are we are heavily partnered with local food pantries, um, and regardless of where where you live, get involved, plug in, because there are people in need. Find organizations that are meeting those needs. Thanks for doing that. We um, we also had a situation that took place over the course of the last month and a half where a family had been um uh, pouring some uh, who who calls this place home got a chance to. Uh, Uh, partner along with them. They had had some some car troubles. They'd poured into their car the finances they had. That car was unable to run. And we, as a church organization, got a chance to help the Burks. You're going to see it on screen there. Just an awesome moment here where we got to come alongside and and meet a key need of a specific family within the church by purchasing a car, coming alongside and purchasing a car with them. So great job, Cornerstone. Nicely done. (laughs)
1: And last summer, after we did our Handiwork for Hope event, uh, then we moved into our building, and we had a pandemic, and uh, holidays, and just general craziness. And uh, our Soul Hope fabric kind of got lost in the shuffle there. So all those little um, pieces of denim that our workers cut up got kind of set aside uh, and weren't a top priority. So we uh, this, this month, we were able to uh, send those. And it was $630 yeah. to ship them. So uh, we made that a priority at the first of the year this year. And those uh, those shoes will go to um, kids in Africa to protect their feet um, from chiggers, which is a pretty awesome thing, I think.
0: Yeah, very cool, very cool. <clears throat> we also get a chance to support Hannah's House. Hannah's House is a local organization that helps them um, support uh, young or or new moms, you know, with with their needs overall. So we got a chance to donate five hundred dollars to help meet needs that they had within their their organization. So we got to help Hannah's house again. We're and we're halfway done. Just to be clear, we're halfway done. Like this, this is awesome. We get to celebrate <laughs> the ways in which we've gotten chance to partner with the community in in the name of Jesus. So keep going. Okay.
1: We also have a connection in Guatemala um, to the Porch de Salomon, um, which is a house-building ministry. And the directors of the of the ministry actually needed a house built for them. So we sent $1,000 to uh, to help encourage their ministry and to build them a home.
0: And be aware, right, we get a chance uh, this past how hurricane season was terrible in Central America. So, you're going to find more and more needs globally, but particularly in Central America, that we get a chance to come alongside from, from our position and help as we tithe off our tithes. Um, we helped a family in our church who just recently lost their home in an apartment fire. And to help them fill some of their basic needs, we gave them a, a gift card to Target, a 500 gift, card, $500 gift card to Target, and a $250 gift card to Aldi to meet some of those needs that they lost in a fire and what a terrible season that's a terrible experience in general but particularly in in this season so we got opportunity to come right alongside them
1: and uh, like we mentioned before we partner with hope ministries in downtown south bend and uh, every winter they have a warming center for um, the homeless and for anyone who needs it and so this year we sent a thousand dollars to help with that ministry
0: so when you see that on the news, particularly over the course of the next couple of weeks, if you are watching us at home, you're in the, your own confines of, of your own warmth. But it's going to be super cold when you see it on the news. Know that, like, hey, we've had, a, we've had an opportunity to partner with. Like, like that's, that's part of us There's a tie-in to that. Uh, we recognize this year has been a difficult or a different sort of difficult for singles and, and shut-ins. So we sent cards along with a, a gift card to some special people in the church to let them know we see them. And we love them uh, during this difficult time and always. It's going to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this unique gift opportunity.
1: And uh, sort of to go along with that, we also saw that our college students are um, going through a different sort of difficult this year. And so we conspired with their parents and their significant others.
0: Wait, wait, pause. I like the the term conspired. (laughs) Okay, that's intentional. There was a conspiration. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to a word. Okay, keep going. Conspired.
1: So we reached out to their uh, to their parents and their and their significant others and asked what their favorite junk food and snacks were. And uh, we sent boxes full of their favorite snacks and uh, gift cards and some cornerstone merch. And uh, we just want to let them know that we feel, that we love them and uh, that we support them as they're going through this.
0: Keep that slide up there for a second because I want to point out in the middle, just like any good uh, millennial or post-millennial, they immediately took it to Instagram and, <laughs> and, and and post it. Great job. It's a great way to be open-handed. Um, I know you have, you have one more, correct? I have,
1: I have one more that just came up this week. Um, so last summer, we sent $1,000 to uh, the Beacon Foundation for their clothing closet. So when people come into the hospitals, um, sometimes they're in a traumatic situation where they can't wear the clothing home that they came in with. And uh, so Beacon has a clothes closet that was um, empty. And so we sent them $1,000 to to purchase clothing. We did that last summer, we shared that with you guys last summer. And this week I received an update from Beacon, thanking us again for our generosity and saying that the nurses were so grateful to be able to send real clothing home with these patients and not send them home in paper scrubs um, or secondhand clothing. And um, and then some another church locally was so inspired by our donation that they matched it and gave another thousand yeah. dollars. And so um, our our thousand and their thousand together will um, fund the clothing closet for an entire year. So that's pretty awesome how God doubled our gift.
0: Pretty amazing. So nicely done. Now, and we, don't, we don't cheer like that just, just as pats on the back, but we are celebrating what God has done through what's going on at Cornerstone. And there's a, a, a narrative going on that the kingdom people at Cornerstone are for others, right? And, and, and truthfully, guys, like God's using Katie in, in this particular spot. So I want to publicly say thank you so much for all the effort and organization and communication and follow-through, right? All that's behind it because uh, God's allowing us as an entire body to, to be honored through your efforts. So uh, uh, one, first of all, thank you. Thanks very much, Katie. And uh, join me in prayer, guys, as we, as we pray over continued wise decisions with our finances as a church body while we, uh, we continue the, the message of the kingdom of God. Jesus, thank you so much. We celebrate how you have used abundance that we have seen to bless the, the community in your name and may it not be confused by anything other than you. God, may, may we not get in the way of what you are up to. God, thank you for uh, Katie and the Milton Burgers, and I pray you continue to use um, uh, just your Holy Spirit in and through her, and provide partnerships and connections. And Jesus, too, I pray it's more than just uh, just financial. May we get our hands and our feet dirty as we love on people where they are at. So, May you continue to be glorified through what you're doing around here and in this community and globally. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, guys. My name's Josh. In case you guys haven't got a chance to, to meet, hey, everybody at home. Good to see you guys. Uh, you guys have known before that uh, I, I like playing some games. And I, by the way, I'm, I'm uh, one of the staff members here, I'm executive pastor on staff. Yeah. Okay. I knew it was coming. That was, that, was, that was purely for Matt. I really thought I should probably say it for Matt's case. Anyway, um, I have here one of the largest-scale Jenga games you've probably ever seen. Okay? Uh, it is courtesy of SOS, another organization that we partner with. It's a, um, uh, a retreat ministry that takes place every summer in the community. And I want to play some Jenga. And usually we do we talk and ask some like like people in the crowd, but I want you guys. We typically see these people in different roles, and I want to see some competitive fire come out. So I want to bring up um, uh, Betsy Schoenthaler, our uh, uh, groups person, and Tyler Moon City Lot Worship, Represent Worship. Okay, all we I, I know it's early, guys. I know it's early, but give it up one more time for Tyler and Betsy. Give it up. there we go. So yes, in any case, you guys are familiar with the game of Jenga, and if not, then I'm going to do a quick recap. You pull, you place up top. That's all you got. Okay, check. And whoever is the last one, to, whoever knocks it over, loses. That, that's it. That's Jenga. Okay. All right. So thank you guys for being willing. I know I asked you guys this morning. guys are so sweet. Tyler wants to win. There's a competitive fire here. Betsy doesn't want to make herself look bad. So that, that, that's the extent. Okay. You guys... <laughs> all right. So here's what's going to happen. Um, while I'm, I'm going to do a quick recap of what the last series has been, you guys relax, okay? But during that, um, I want you guys to go through this process of playing a quick Jenga game. Now you're familiar, uh, typically in a normal Jenga game, you take your time, you intentionally like poke and see which ones move, give me a head nod if that makes sense. You guys have played or seen this game, not this one. What you touch, you take out, and you have five seconds to make your play. That's it, five seconds. Oh, I want to measure this here. Hey, when, I, when I start back here, I'm going to go, you're going to have one... Uh, 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000, you got to make your pull and place up top. That's it. Okay. Uh, I think we have enough space here. I trust you guys at home and here to be able to focus on them and walk through what our most recent series was. Okay. I got you. You can pick and choose. That's fine. Um, Are are we good here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, Let's go. Number between uh, 1 and and 5. Betsy, what do you got? Three. Got it, Tower. The correct answer was two. You get to have Tyler go first. Okay, go, Tyler. You get to start. You're good. Five seconds at a time, and go. While they're playing, okay, uh, we have been going through a series called Rhythms, right, over the course of the last, uh, good, this is, oh, man, I don't know how long it's going to last. Okay, we've walked through a series called Rhythms. And over the course of this recent series, we've had uh, uh, these patterns that as disciples, Oftentimes, we need to establish or take time. And it's been a way to kind of look in the mirror. What are the things that we do well? What are the things that, that um, we're supposed to do as Jesus followers, but typically don't? And big picture, here are the ones that we fit. We talked about self-feeding. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot more. Tower's feeling really good right now. Tower's feeling really good. I don't feel great. <laughs> It goes, it goes the other way. There you go. Uh, one was self-feeding. And Matt talked about this idea of taking time and getting into Scripture, right? That we should take our time on our own and get into the Word of God regularly, pursuing what God has said in His Word, this idea of feeding ourselves and not have somebody else always feed us. So we talked about self-feeding. Second one. I talked about... <laughs> second one. We talked about margin, or yeah, we talked about margin, this idea of of balance, where we're not constantly pulled in one direction or the other direction, uh, that our lives should not be so jam-packed that we can't find time or space for anything else. Doing great. Good job, you guys. The five-second rule is gradually expanding. Are you feeling that, by the way? Uh Uh-huh. Five becomes seven, becomes 10, becomes 15. Okay. But margin, and I know for my end, as I looked at, as, as we're walking through that as a, as a family, margin is really challenging. We have found that finding, finding balance, because it feels like just stuff gets packed in. So we have margin. Last week, Matt talked about surrender, living a life of service, where we intentionally put the needs of other people ahead of ourselves. Serving others is, is surrender, not me, but whatever God's up to. Those are, those are rhythms that we looked at. <laughs> Look at him scouting it out. Oh, mmm, strategic, Very nice. Okay, uh, well, today we're going to walk on our very, last, um, our very last rhythm. And yes, this is going to come back in, in case you're wondering what's going on, aside from just rooting for Tyler or Betsy. By the way, uh, t- at this point in time, give it up for them. Everybody doing a great job. Give it up. Let's go, let's go. Okay, nice. Yep, you're doing great, doing great. All right, so wh- while, we're, while we check in, uh, I do want to find out how many of you guys think Betsy's gonna win this one. She's gonna be the one that does not knock it down. Right, got, yes, yes, uh huh. Does not. How many of you guys think Tower, because he's a little bit more aggressive, is gonna be the one that knocks it down? Yeah. <laughs> you're good. You're good. This is looking awful sketchy right now, uh huh. Particularly in the middle. Okay. Now, while they're finishing this up, I'm scared. I'm very scared. This <laughs> is scary. The intensity gets really picked up. You got it, Betsy. You got it. Nope, but you're good. You, you, you. I am not. I have no no uh, person I'm rooting for. I I know. It's <laughs> you got it. Do it, Betsy. Yes. Woo! Woo! Okay, and I'll wait. What? Look out, Betsy. Look out. Okay. If you're at home, I hope this is playing out on screen because it is wobbling, it is going, right? And you're seeing this. Tower, you have five seconds. Okay. Uh, you're, the <laughs> <laughs> you're doing great. Okay, nice, you want to count? Do you want to <laughs> Oh, all right, good, we're doing great. Okay, Um, now we all start, right, <laughs> You're doing great, Betsy. Keep it up. <laughs> we all start moments and times in life with these, with these plans or processes about how you think they're going to be, right? Give me a head nod. That, that idea at least makes sense conceptually. Betsy right now, oh, that's very kind of you, Tyler. Oh man! So now, now they're tag teaming out just I just naturally. Yeah. That's impressive. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Betsy, just that would be an interesting decision. All right, All right, make the play, Betsy. You're good. Make the play. Three, two, one. Yank. Well, <laughs> I think it's nailed. No, uh, you can go bottom. Look at you. That is so kind, magnanimous, and giving. Okay. You're good. Go. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I'm getting distracted now by this to see who's going to win. We all start things with, uh, with these plans of how they're going to end. Right? I think about the first moment that I held Josiah in, in my arms. He's our oldest child. Right? The first time I held Josiah when he was first born, uh, this, his entire life, life process, what could be this potential flash in front. There there were these plans about the type of dad I wanted to be and and the type of marriage I wanted to to have with Aaron as we raised him up. There were all sorts of experiences that I wanted him to make sure, right? We had these plans about how things were going to happen. And I think about this idea of plans and processes. And I I think, too, that we all work through those. We all work through processes about how we want things to play out. Betsy, you guys watch her kind of moving around it and eyeballing, which one should I pull? I'm thinking through the decision making. It brings up, people do this, ooh, ooh, and it's balanced back up. Good job. Now I have a couple images I want to share in a second about, about people who had plans and processes, and I want you to ask yourself, were they met? So why don't you bring up the first one there? Take a minute and just look at it while they're playing. Do you see it yet? That's a door. That's a door that is uh, 15 feet up with nothing else. I don't know what the plans and processes were ahead of time, but they likely did not include thinking through that. You know what we're going to do? Let's have an, uh, an amphitheater auditorium right below it. How about one more? Uh, we have a couple of them here. I we'll other plans and processes. <laughs> so if you're not familiar with some of the male etiquette and bathroom experiences, that would not be a Positive experience. That would be avoidance, right? Okay, Uh, give me another one. That is a real escalator and a real ball. Again, plans and processes don't always play out the way we intend them to. Uh, Put the last one up there. Those train tracks keep going right through that. Uh, It looks like maybe a utility box and a telephone pole. At, at some point in time, right? Uh, there were decisions that were made that did not play out well. You're good. Again, I'm, I'm going to up up the time here. Five seconds. Four. Three. You're doing it again, two. Right? One. Pull. Pull. Gonna have to go with that one, Betty. Go. <laughs> this is where the competitive nature of our staff members is coming out. Are you seeing this, right? Five seconds is fine, but I really want to get the one out that uh, goes four, three, two, one. Betsy, you better move. Gonna, you got it, Tyler. You got it. A little bit, you're good. Oh, you can't. <laughs> that, that is not how it works. <laughs> hey, pull it. You're good. There you go. Nice, nice. Give it up. Nice job. Thank you guys very much. You're terrific. <laughs> very nice. You're fine, Betsy. You're good. So, so just like that particular, those, those images you just saw. Let me take those all down. There you go. Like those images you just saw. Uh, there were plans and processes in place that weren't fully followed through upon the, the, the way in which they were intended. Jenkins is really similar, right? Think about how, this, how would this game have been different had, um, one, they had the full allotted of time. How much taller would they, could they have got this? What if the game was set up to where they were, uh, instead of saying, hey, they were competing against each other. They were then working with each other to see how tall I could get and still follow the rules of the game. What if, um, what if halfway through the game, they pause, talk together, and say, okay, let's, let's highlight the ones that we can get and the ones that cannot. Right? How, much, how much more significant could the, the height have gotten for this particular game? The idea of taking the time and pausing midway along the journey and asking a question of, All right, are, are we making progress? Are we on the right path? Right. How are things going is what we're talking through today. And we're, uh, the conversation we're going to have is about uh, self-reflection. We're going to um, uh, be camping, by the way, in our memory verse that we had during January. If you're familiar with our discipleship processes we're going through this year, one of them is, is setting up scripture memory. And our scripture memory verse from, uh, from January was in Haggai, Haggai 1. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to get into there in a moment. Uh, You guys can kind of thumb through and find Haggai, Uh, but we are working on, or going to look at this idea in Haggai of self-reflection. We'll be camping there where God deliberately instructs his his people, the um, nation of Israel, to check themselves, to think, and to reflect, to examine where they have been, where they are, and where they're going. The title of today's message is about, about self-reflection, self-examination, the value of reflection and review. It's our final rhythm that we're talking about, and my prayer this morning is that we have some time and space to ask questions like, okay, how, how am I doing? Where are we at? So uh, please join me in prayer, and then we will, um, uh, we'll look in there. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thanks for a chance to play games and to look at humorous pictures and see mistakes that have been made. But I pray, Jesus, too, that we're able to transition that into um, looking at, at our heart. And we thank you that you speak into the lives of people, and I pray that uh, your word come alive that it's living and active. I mean, like Matt says, may we be supernaturally sticky to what your Holy Spirit is, is saying. And if there's anything in, uh, don't let me get in the way of what you are up to this morning. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen. So I'll come back to these Jenga pieces in a little bit. We're in in Haggai 1, 5 through 7. So if you are unfamiliar at all with where Haggai is, by the way, it's going to be on screen. That's a help for you. If you have a a cell phone, it's uh, if you get to um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? You get to the Gospels, it's like two or three books before then, right? If you have a Bible in hand, I want to encourage you to get there. If you get to Matthew, go a little couple pages beforehand. Now, um we're also on your notes are possible or available on sermons.church you check it out you can look at cornerstone vineyard it's the only one on there so uh you can follow along that way and save your notes you take each week give a chance to do that we're in Haggai 1 5 through 7 now Haggai or uh this is Haggai 1 5 through 7 it's on screen so was, now this is what the Lord Almighty says give careful thought to your ways you've planted much but you've harvested a little You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages, only to put them in a purse with holes in it. It's a great visual, by the way. This is what the Lord Almighty says, verse 7. Give careful thought to your ways. The ESV says, consider your ways. Now, it's interesting. When I ask a question, you're like, that phrase, give careful thought to your ways, well, why does it matter? Why does it matter if we take the time to like, like reflect or take time to think? Um, or maybe a different way of, of saying it. If you check out Haggai, by the way, uh, if you guys are at home, it's two chapters. That's, that's all we're looking at in Haggai. It's the word of God through the prophet Haggai. And in, in those little bits, there are five times in two total chapters where God says this. It's it, it almost repeated verbatim. Give careful thought to your ways. Think about where you are at. Um, consider your ways. I'll give you a little bit of context about Haggai. Now, this is a, um, King Darius. I'll go historical. By the way, I am I, um, a, a history nerd. Right, I, I enjoy it still. So, uh, a little quick background. Darius is the king of Persia. Darius is um, uh, mentioned in, in Haggai uh, one, very beginning of the chapter. Um, the the Jews, God's chosen people were conquered by Babylon, kicked out of Jerusalem. They're in, in captivity. Uh, Darius comes, conquers there, becomes uh, king, opens Jerusalem back up for business. The Jews then kind of flood on back. If we're following that. It's a quick 30,000-foot um, you know, view of the context here. The temple. The temple had been destroyed. The temple is where God, uh, God's full presence was. It was, it was the, the space where, where God... Um, lived figuratively and literally for the, the Israeli people, for the Jewish people, and uh, it had been destroyed. It was sitting there in, in ruins while the Jews came back from their Babylonian captivity. And then finally, Jewish people had come on back to Jerusalem, and here's th- what they did. You read it in Haggai, or Haggai that they had, had built their own homes. They came back to their house, to their, to their, their uh, homeland, and built their own homes. It made it look really nice, but the temple... Remain in shambles. It was the, the last thing. So God then speaks to Haggai, Haggai and says, uh, consider your ways. You've done all these things for you, but they're fruitless. Uh, build my space. You Note know, the repeated use, right? Again, verse 1-5, verse 1-7, verse two fifteen and two eighteen. you want to check it out, it says, give careful thought to your ways. Hmm. Well, I want to talk to you about, I had a friend of mine um, in ministry, one of my uh, ministry mentors, a guy named Paul Baldwin, when I was at, at employed at a, uh, another church in the area for quite a while. And Paul was a student minister, and he would do, and an like a, any you know, excellent pastor at times, he would lead mission trips. And this one, he had a mission trip going on to central um, Tennessee, Nashville, particularly as I, as I understand it. So uh, Paul goes through all this process, um, getting people ready and recruiting other people, other students to come. and has this, this, this team uh, filling um, a church van, and they leave from northern Indiana up here in Mishawaka. And they need to go to Nashville, Tennessee. That's our, their that's our end goal destination. And Paul gets on the toll road here, 8090, and goes to Chicago. Paul's trip to Chicago, then he got to Chicago, then hooked up um, with, a, I think it might have been I-65, and then goes south toward Nashville. It's an image you see on screen there. And some of you who might be directionally challenged would say, oh, sounds good. Check. That's cool. Chicago skyline. Good move. Okay. The best route, you want to click the next one there, is that one. The one that goes from, you know, Mishawaka, Indiana to Nashville, Tennessee directly. Okay. In the process, Paul added approximately three hours, maybe a little more, to this trip, which is hilarious. I sit back and, and laugh in hindsight, because at what point in time do you realize, oh, you know what, I didn't really need to do that? Do you notice in Indianapolis? Do you, do you notice in Kentucky? Do you notice when everybody else in the car goes, why are we in Chicago? <laughs> I don't know. But I love that, that idea. right? Well, it proves our, 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 brings up our first point, if you guys have um, your notes on you. Um, reflecting, self-examination, keeps us from starting on the wrong foot. Okay? You guys can write those down there. Keeps us starting on the wrong foot. If you want to check out that, that image, that car is in fact going the wrong way. Don't ask me how or why. It's not photoshopped. That's an actual moment in a traffic jam. Okay? Reflecting helps us or keeps us from starting off on the wrong foot. I think about some examples in Scripture where taking the time to ask hard questions mid-route, mid-life, uh, mid-experiences prevent people from, from uh, going the wrong the wrong way. Think about it. Um, Jesus was in the was in the desert and tempted. He was in the wilderness there as public ministry in, in Matthew four, and in the process, right? He takes time before uh, his public ministry really gets rolling to to uh, wrestle with what, what calling is to be. He was tempted by Satan in there. Uh, he, he quoted the words of his father to him. It was a, it was a chance to reflect before continuing on his journey. Or you have David. David's a great example of somebody who midstream reflected and examined where he was at. In fact, he, he encourages God to reflect in his own heart. Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says the following says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything offensive in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David said, man, I'm halfway through. Uh, um, I'm, I'm in the process. Test me and know me. Let me know if there's anything off in me. That's a, that's a reflective ask. That's, that's examining your own self and asking God to do it for you. Speaking of David and starting off on the wrong foot, man, If only David, at any point in time in his experience with Bathsheba in 2 Samuel 11, if there were ever a moment in time where he would have said, Oh, pause, freeze! i got to ask myself, you know, um, why am I not with my soldiers? If you're unfamiliar with the account, okay, there are multiple missteps in 2 Samuel 11 where David, in the Old Testament, was not in the right spot where he should have been. As king, he was not with his soldiers during a time of war. Um, so he was also, uh, looking around as, his, 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 you know, the, the town, he was staring at a woman, right. That who is not his wife. And, and that just starts this, this terrible train wreck of an experience that led with, uh, that led to a couple people dying in the process. Um, so that's second Samuel 11, by the way, if you guys want to take time outside of here, read second Samuel 11, say, okay, where are the times where David could have been like, oh, cool. I should be asking some questions. Yep. You have those examples um, where he didn't take a moment to reflect on the decisions he was making. But then how, how do we transition that to, to us? I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that I'm surrounded by like, early adolescent students all the time, but I don't think it's just because I'm surrounded by early adolescent students. Uh, I think many people just do or we just act uh, without a purpose or, or direction. I wonder how many of our day-to-day decisions are just guided by something like convenience or ease or immediacy and not about purpose or intentionality. And partially, by the way, I, I can speak for, for myself, I find lots of things that I, I just do, decisions I make, because it's the, the, the next easiest thing before I move on to whatever is next in my day. But if I don't have a really true direction or purpose on, on why I'm doing the things I'm doing, Ah, it gets real easy to get off on the wrong foot. I can end up in Chicago when I'm trying to go to Nashville. Okay. Um, I don't know if, if you agree or disagree. My hope is that there's an element there that, that resonates. You know what? Are my decisions guided by what's easy? Or are my decisions guided by, by where my, my purpose or my intent is? We can't tell if we're on the right foot or not. We can't tell if we're on the right direction or not if we don't reflect on where we're going and why. Think about here at Cornerstone. At Cornerstone, we talk about how relationships are at our core. Right? You hear it. Uh, if if this is your first time here, relationships are at our core. It's one of our key guiding values. But if we don't use that question as a lens behind everything we do, we could get involved in all sorts of stuff that have nothing to do with our, with our vision. Give me a head nod if that, that makes sense. We can do it as a family if we're not clear on what, what we're about, um, the types of, of character we're trying to build into our own, children or the types of uh, uh the type of relationship we're trying to have with a with a spouse or with our friends or with our co-workers the type of person we're trying to be if we don't have that really clear it gets defined for us right as a church it's no different um we're about relationships with jesus with others and with our community and if we don't just nail all three of these we're missing right? if we're equipping uh all of us to connect with jesus awesome if we're connecting with Jesus but without connecting with other people, that's a miss. If we're connecting with Jesus and other people, but not involved in our community, that's, that's an equal miss, because we're not sharing the kingdom of God with people around us. So uh, the Jews in Haggai or Haggai 1 had not given careful thought when they when they arrived back in their town. The, of their actions because they built their homes in Jerusalem. Yes, we're home. Ah, my house is a mess. Let's rebuild and fix it up and fix it up and fix it up and then get comfortable. Neglecting the home of God. Neglecting the temple before building God's house. So That's one thing. It allows us to figure out, are we starting off on the wrong foot or on the right foot? The second bit is reflecting or self-examination helps us gauge if we actually get somewhere. And by the way, it's in your, in your notes if you want to write that down. It helps us gauge if we're actually, if we're getting somewhere, if we're making any progress. And I want to be really clear that the Christian walk is about progress and not perfection, right? We, we are in the process of being perfected um, in the eyes of God through the sacrificial blood of Jesus, yes. But we are in this ongoing process of, of progress not perfection in the middle of it. And there's some biblical examples that I'm reminded of in the middle of this. You have, uh, you have Paul. Paul writes all sorts of letters. They're called epistles to local churches, churches he's familiar with, people he's familiar with. And he always addresses issues that are going on at that particular church. That's why if you read First and Second Corinthians or Galatians or Ephesians or Philippians or Colossians or all the other uh, epistles that, that Paul wrote, they have specific issues because those people had specific issues on their own. In fact, uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul talks about the concept of, of training and a race. It's what Matt, Pastor Matt used a couple weeks ago about this whole, like, this year. There's a training element to this year. One thing to remember about that, though, he, he, said, he talks about taking time uh, uh, to give a careful thought to our ways, like we, the way that uh, Haggai says, um, it forces us to see where we are is different from where we've been. Like an element of training, you get to acknowledge growth that's taken place. I can only speak of of myself in this setting, but I'm telling you what, when I am a mess, all I see is the mess that I am. I rarely see the growth that has taken place over the course of time. If I don't take time and reflect or review or examine, all I hear is a screaming negativity of the decisions that I've made that have hurt. And I don't see the progress that's been made in the last three months, six months, six years, or 15 years. That's one of the values of self-reflection. Paul also talks in First Timothy, um, Paul says to, to Timothy, he says, practice this stuff that I've talked about. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them, and here's a purpose. So that, we, so that all may see your progress. Examination and reflecting allows you to see like, oh man, you know what? Where we're at now is different than where it has been. We have made growth and goals. We have taken time. We are farther ahead of where we started making progress. I think about it like um, Jesus had his disciples at the very end of of his uh, earthly ministry. He took um, some of his closest disciples to the garden, and Jesus was praying. and It was an intense moment right before the the process of him being turned over to, to the authorities and ultimately crucified. It's an intense moment. He brings his closest disciples with him. He says, uh, stay here, pray, and and I'm going to go over here and pray. And Jesus uh, goes and connects with his father, and he prays. When he comes back, his disciples are asleep. He does that several times. And you can kind of hear a little bit of exasperation or frustration in Jesus each time he comes back. Jesus wanted his disciples to be a little bit farther along. Right, there's a little bit of frustration in the middle of that. The, the progress, not perfection. Peter talks about it a lot in his, his um, uh, books in the New Testament. 2 Peter specifically says this, 2 Peter 3.18. says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's an implicit growing in it. Reminder, when we reflect, when we examine get the gauge if we're actually getting somewhere. I don't know if you guys were a part of our workshops that we had here a couple weeks ago. We had a workshop that walked through um, how to read your Bible and, uh, and how to pray. And immediately after those, right, it took about a week to let the dust settle after that. And then Betsy and I got an opportunity to, to debrief is what we call it. Just talking about, okay, what were the things that went well? What were the things that, that we missed? And how do we adjust them? That's a reflective conversation. My hope is that as, as disciples, you guys have this. We have these as, as, um, as couples and as friends. We have these conversations as family members. We have those, these conversations as small groups. What's going well? Let's celebrate that. What's a little off? Let's change it. So we can continue to, to make progress here. I really appreciate opportunities to talk like that. Because that way I make sure we, I don't make the same mistakes repeatedly as a disciple. You and I must build space in our schedules to ask some key questions. They're going to be up on screen here. Okay. One key question as a disciple. I don't want this to be like a this doesn't need to be like a business specific type of dialogue, but the rhythm of self-reflection and self-examination involves asking some hard questions. Like, okay, what were my goals and hopes? Did I have a goal in this? Was I? What were my expectations? Right? What were my goals and hopes? Two. Be honest. Were they? To this point in time, have they been accomplished? Has what I was aiming for been met? And then the third one. Do I need a course correction? Do I need to alter the direction in which I'm going, the decisions I'm making as a follower of Jesus here? Do I need to change, uh, have a a course correction? I will tell you, the Simpson family asks these questions all the time. Maybe to the point where it gets... Uh, irritating? I don't know. We're training them all to wrestle through asking hard questions. Um, do I need a course correction? In, in what areas do we, things need to adjust? Uh, are there things in, in a, a marriage that need to adjust? Communication uh, skills or tools? In parenting, in my career, in my overall attitude, in my discipleship journey, how I project myself, What needs to adjust? What are my goals? Do things need to change? By the way, the the tools to get there, here are some quick tools on how to get there to to institute those changes. Um, Write things down. Write down goals and hopes. That way you can revisit them. Use scripture. Be actively engaged in the Bible to hear the voice of God so it'll provide you with a clear direction. Uh, Pray. Have people to hold you accountable. I can write goals all day long, but if nobody's going to hold my feet to the fire if I've actually hit them, I'm probably not going to make much progress. Use accountability. Uh, Counseling is a solid tool. Have people who intentionally ask um, insightful questions to make you wrestle with, okay, the goals that I had, are they things that are being met? We began with a highly competitive game of Jenga between Tyler and Betsy. And this game can have such a different endpoint if the goals were just adjusted. If the goal wasn't to beat the other person, right? If the goal was to make a a beautiful, symmetrical piece or to go, go higher, right? Depending on what the goal is, the game changes. Did you catch that when they started playing, I told them that the goal was to win and they only had five seconds to go, right? Be clear on what our goals are. Haggai says, give careful thought to your ways versus making decisions just to keep them going, just to make them and keep moving on. My big picture caution for us this morning is that we get going very quickly in life if we don't have margin, if we don't self-feed, if we don't serve others. We get going so quickly that we just make choices and keep rolling. And as a disciple who strives to follow what Jesus says, being really intentional about the goals, being really intentional about how God's made me, being really intentional about having character that reflects Jesus, involves asking some hard questions. This morning, I want to ask a question for us. In the middle of this dialogue, is there a course correction that you need to make there a conversation that needs to take place? You know, um, because maybe today, this morning, you realize that you started on the wrong foot. Something started on the wrong foot, and now uh, where you thought you were heading is very different from where you're at now. Or maybe you've, you've not made the progress you anticipated making. And it could be something in the last week or month. It's easier if you make that decision or if you ask those questions quickly, regularly. But if you've not analyzed how you are at relationally with people, that's a great morning to do so. Am I am I marked as being truly for other people? Am I for my own kids? Am I for my own parent? All right, maybe there's a course correction that needs to take place. Maybe there's um, maybe for you guys, that means there's a there's a a dead marriage where you feel like you're just cohabitating right now tragic and trapping as a moment like that. Maybe it's, um, maybe there's a continual financial debt that just sucks life out of you because you know it's just always there. Or maybe it's not even sucking life out of you. You just have grown to accept the fact that it's always going to be that way. Maybe it's an acceptable weight to carry. Perhaps you can look in the mirror and say, you know what I tend to do? I tend to build relationships with people solely based on what I can gain from them. Maybe I'm a, a serial manipulator of the people around me. There's a lot of things that it can be. But this morning, perhaps a course correction for you is including uh, submitting to the lordship of Jesus and saying, ha, ah, I serve a lot of kings. A lot of things that scream at me to serve them. But my lordship, my allegiance, needs to tie directly to Jesus. Well, I want to encourage us, one, to acknowledge it. Be like, yep. Two, man, write, write that down. If there's a course correction that God's stirring right now, get that written down. Even just like quick little notes. So a piece of your life to course correct as a disciple of Jesus. To repent, which means confess, by the way, confess where you have been going and do a 180 U-turn, right? To turn, to stop what you're doing, turn the other way and act upon it. And repent, and confess to people around you and to pray. As we close our rhythm series, we've talked about four different types of rhythms. We've talked about self-feeding. We've talked about um, margin and balance. We've talked about serving other people, and we've talked about reflecting. What I want to do is this. After the course of the last four weeks, if one of those four, at least one of those four, have stuck out to you as one that, you know what, God just kind of grabbed you and saying, I want you to lean more into this over the course of the next month than than you ever have before. I want to encourage you this morning to acknowledge that by standing. So I want to invite you guys to do that right now. If over the course of the last four weeks, and if you're at home, you can do that as well. If it's self feeding, if that's an issue, one that you're like, oh, I need to improve in that rhythm, please stand. If it has been uh, margin and balance, I know a lot of us were impacted by that. If that's one, a rhythm for you to, uh, that God's stirring to work on, please stand right now. If for you it's been serving, and you've had to look in the mirror and say, oh, you know what, I, there's a there's a habit I have formed where um, uh, I need to put the needs of others ahead of myself. If that struck you last week, or even today, if it's a rhythm for you to work, please stand up. And then today, if you know that taking the time to ask, how am I doing compared to how I thought I would be doing, if setting Goals of growth and progress, taking time to reflect those. If that is a rhythm that you need help doing better, please stand this morning. I want to do this. The people that are are, are standing, I want to encourage those who are around us to pray for them. In a moment, um, I'm going to lead a, a group prayer over us who say, okay, these rhythms are, are ones for, for me to, to work on. And then while a song is playing, we're going to sing a, a song after I, I pray for the entire group. While a song is, praying, or is playing, it's our time to worship. And we're going to have um, members of the prayer team that are up front that I want to encourage you guys, if there are individual prayer needs that are out there, maybe it is surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus today, I want to encourage you to come up and find prayer with an individual person from our prayer team. Now, if you're at home, mark out in the chat, which one it is. Is it self-feeding? Is it margin? Is it um, a reflection? Is it serving that you are struck by as a rhythm to, to experience more as a disciple? Type it into the chat and join in on this prayer. Please extend your hand toward people who are around you, um, asking to receive this prayer. Jesus, we're thankful that you provide rhythms that there are uh, that there are patterns to life that you have said are good, and we acknowledge, Jesus, that, that uh, feeding ourselves, and that having a margin, and that serving other people, and asking questions and reflecting and examining those are rhythms that you have said are good. And we pray for progress to be to be shown and celebrated. We pray that you move in a powerful way and stir conversations on the other side of this morning, that you break through, break down walls, and that even this morning, that you are, are stirring in people to say, you need to be first, and out of that comes an examination of where I, where I am. May you be our gauge, our litmus test. I receive our offering of worship here this morning because you are a good king with good plans. In Jesus we pray, amen please stand as we sing a song.
1: Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are
0: challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.